0: Thank you, Pastor. Kathy's away. She's uh, up in Waynesville helping uh, Sarah with our grandson, Ethan. So if y'all happen to be watching, just want to say hello, let you know that uh, our dog, Ginger, is still living this morning, and I've been taking care of her. I want you to know that. We come today to Luke chapter 11 in our series, The Doctor Has Good News, because it is good news. And today we uh, come to verses uh, in chapter 11, verses 33 through 36, as we prepare to come to the table of the Lord Jesus, and wanting to make sure that you have time to do other important things like Sunday school, immediately following this service with Dr. Poland, I want to dive right in. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 33, hear the word of God. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, So that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. May the Lord bless this reading of his word as we give him praise for it. Amen. I've quoted him before because he's one of my favorite characters, Will Rogers, who said many years ago, having died in 1935 in a plane crash near Point Barrow, Alaska, said it's not what we don't know is the problem, it's what we know that ain't so that gets us into trouble. Exit 23 off of Interstate 40 in western North Carolina is a good case in point. That stretch of I-40 that goes through the Pigeon River Gorge in the northern part of my home county is one of the most expensive stretches of interstate in the nation because it's prone to rock slides. It cost a bundle of money in the late 1960s to blast the roadway through there, and ever since, because of the damage done from the dynamite, it still continues to be an issue, and often there are rock slides, and so oftentimes there are signs detouring people to go elsewhere. Unfortunately, GPS hasn't always caught up with reality, and many truck drivers have gotten off at exit 23 because there appears on GPS a bypass route, but unfortunately that bypass route includes Max Patch Road, and Max Patch Road is a windy gravel road with a number of switchbacks, and I do not have any idea at this point how many tractor trailers have gotten into that switchback that is that turkey creek which we used to traverse when we would go hunting and they've gotten stuck right there and have to wait till a wrecker comes and bails them out. it looks wonderful on the gps it's a it's a wonderful well-lit road it's it's in color graphics and and it, it's wonderful you know i can just go this road and it will bypass and i'll come right out back on the interstate and be on my way But unfortunately, it is uh, knowledge which appears to be good, but is not sound, particularly for truck drivers. It is an issue for us in this world because we live in a fallen world. We've been plunged into sin because of the disobedience of our parents, that everything that appears to be true isn't true. Many things dressed up with all the fine graphics, flashing lights, all kinds of people who speak very eloquently appear to speak truth and appear to believe very sincerely in something that they believe to be true but just believing something to be true doesn't make it so and so the lord jesus in this little interval here as he is speaking and remember of course at this juncture he is on his way to the cross he is on his way to jerusalem the gospel narratives are very clear to us The point is to get us to that place where Jesus lays down his life as an atoning sacrifice, living a perfect life and performing the miracles that he does to demonstrate that he is who he claims to be. And so he is going to the cross, but as he goes, he continues to preach and teach. And remember, his primary message, as is told to us at the beginning of the gospel narratives, is to repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Don't ever forget that Jesus preached repentance wherever he went. The gospel writers don't repeat that at every town and village that he comes to. They put it at the beginning of the book for emphasis, as Luke does. And we need to remember that. He preaches wherever he goes. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. There's a lot of notions out there, and you can easily find them on the Internet, on social media. All kinds of people who will tell you what Jesus really was doing during the course of his ministry. And seldom, if ever, do you see the word repentance mentioned. And yet he proclaimed it. And so here he speaks with a number of people there listening to him. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket. That makes sense. Why would we want a lamp in our home that's covered up? Why would we want to go to the trouble of lighting it? expend precious fuel as would have happened in the days of jesus that oil that wasn't so easy to come by you wouldn't just simply light that put it under something and just let it burn it was by nature something that ought to be visible and so you had all kinds of people that even though standing before them was the light of the world as jesus proclaimed the truth to them they would rather have him covered up they would rather live in the darkness that they believe to be light than to listen to the one who actually is the light. Now, of course, in our natural condition, we don't have the equipment to receive the light. Our our eyes are bad, spiritually speaking. No matter how intelligent we may be, no matter how much information we may be able to process in a given day, maybe you can give one of the largest supercomputers a run for its money, but The ability to process information, the ability to exercise intelligence, doesn't mean that you have grasped the truth or that your eye, that your ability to discern spiritual truth is working properly. To paraphrase J.C. Ryle, who wrote in the 19th century, it is essential to make good use of the light that the Lord gives us. If we know anything about God beyond the fact that he exists and that he is all-powerful, which nature very well declares to us, we must meet him in his word. We must listen. We must read. We must discern what he has revealed about himself to us. This is the light that he has given us. Is it not significant that in the creation, when on the first day God created the heavens and the earth, That separated from that event is the declaration that God also created light. Still on the first day, but yet given its own record of creation, let there be light. Remember, that's the first recorded words that we have God speaking in Scripture. And that is of significance. Light must come from him, just as creation the universe, the cosmos, can't simply come into existence out of nothing. So light doesn't simply exist. God created it. Now, and he even created the light before he created the bodies that govern the lights. We have light today because we have bodies that emanate them, whether it's the incandescent bulbs or the, yeah the LED bulbs, whatever they are. Some electrician will straighten me out later. Whether it's that or whether it's the sun, the moon, the stars, whether... Generating light, reflecting light, those heavenly bodies are the means by which we have light. But God created light before those bodies were made. Light in itself exists because God brought it into existence, because he himself is light. And that is so informative for us. If we are going to walk in the light, it will be because we know him. It will be because he is giving us light. The Lord is my light. And my salvation, of whom shall I be afraid? Don't you see? We need the light. We need the ability to discern the light. And we must make use of the light that he has given. Paul says in Romans twelve two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect to be conformed to the world. Just go along with what the GPS tells me. Go along with what the media tells me. Go along with what my neighbors are saying. It sounds good. It it seems to have a ring of of authority and truth. When Will Rogers went to Russia in the early 1930s, uh, there wasn't a lot of information coming out of there, particularly once the communists took over under that harsh dictator, Joseph Stalin. And so people were wondering what was going on. And there had been rumors that there was a trans-Siberian railway in place. And the Russians claimed that they had a double railroad, you know, one going one way, one the other. It's important to be able to do that because you can't just stop a train and move it off the tracks and let another one pass. And so there were claims that there was a double railroad. But there were a number of people in this country who said, no, 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 the Russians could not have, and they did not build a double railway through. So when Will Rogers got back from his trip, he having traversed on that section of uh, Siberia on that railway, he was asked. Is there, in fact, a double railroad there? We know there's not. And he said, well, it's like this. He said, we were traveling along in one direction and a train passed us going in the other direction. He said, now, either they've got a double rail system or they got some mighty fancy railroading going on. Just because people appear to speak authoritatively doesn't mean that they possess truth. Just because something appears to be light doesn't mean that it is. Remember that our adversary, the devil, one of his key weapons is to be able to masquerade as an angel of light. What's his purpose? It's deception. That's what he's done from the beginning. He's a liar and a murderer. He wants to misinform you and he wants to kill you even masquerade as an angel of light to do it now in the physical world we're left wondering how in the world can you can you mistake light for darkness well it's possible if you don't have the equipment to see the light but in the spiritual realm it's all the more possible without the renewing power of the holy spirit without him working in us and and our minds being renewed so that our eyes are made healthy our spiritual eyes We're not able to discern between light and darkness, no matter how intelligent we may be. That's why very smart people out there, highly intelligent people, much more more intelligent than I am, are uttering nonsense because they yet are in darkness. It's also why many a religious person, and this brings it more home to the point, because there were people listening to the Lord Jesus who should have known who he was. They had the knowledge necessary to be able to discern who he was but they had not taken advantage of the light given them they still were in darkness and they refused to recognize him and so he speaks don't let the light in you be darkness by grace the believer must strive for single mindedness regarding spiritual truth as we're given this notion this idea that light and darkness can can inhabit the same person it is true and of course it is true that none of us has a perfect knowledge we all are some mixture of truth and error as much as we try to get it right even presbyterians we realize the cause of the fall because of the doctrine of total depravity not that we're as wicked as we can possibly be but every aspect of our being is affected by sin and by the fall we still, even on our best days, when we're right in tune with the piano, get some things wrong. There's still a mixture of error in our thinking and in our judgment so often. And yet, as God's grace works in us, we should strive for that single-mindedness, that pursuing the truth that God has revealed would ever be our goal. Isaiah 5:20. woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter that is a description of us apart from the renewing work of the holy spirit and we see in our culture every day people who are very winsome who are very articulate who are able to to speak in a way that that just convinces you know it's it's like a wonderful motivational speaker who gets up and tells stories from chicken soup for the soul and we're thinking oh wow yeah that's it And yet can be entirely off track because even with that winsomeness and even with that wonderful charisma that someone may have doesn't mean that they have the truth. And so we've got a whole segment of our society that are being convinced now that evil is really good and darkness is really light. First, John one, five through seven. The apostle says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, we get that. That's basic theology 101. And yet, we must be reminded of it, that God doesn't change, that his moral law revealed to us ages ago remains in place because God never changes. What he called evil centuries ago remains evil. We may have evolved in our thinking, which really means that we haven't progressed. We have regressed. Think about that. Uh, idea of uh, evolving in our thinking, of progressing in our thinking generally conveys the notion that we have actually regressed. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another oh how thankful I am for this last phrase and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin so even though we seek to walk in the light we realize we're always falling short of it in some way or another there's apt to be some darkness within us but the blood of Jesus cleanses all so at one and the same time we pursue the truth we seek to have our minds renewed we want to live in conformity with the word and the will of God and yet Knowing that we fall short of it in this life, we continually rest upon the Lord Jesus Christ and we seek him because his blood alone shed at the cross can cleanse us of all error and wickedness and evil and transgressions and guilt and shame. Finally, a believer who is filled with the knowledge of God will shine with unmistakable light. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright. as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. As the light shines within us, thus we become a light to the world ourselves. Much like the moon. You know, the moon doesn't emanate light. It reflects the light that shines on it. And that's the way we are as believers. As the light shines upon us or from within us, having come to us, outside of us, Being filled with that, we give off light. Daniel 12, verse 3, one of those wonderful verses I learned in Evangelism Explosion from Dr. Kennedy. I can still see him there at the Holiday Inn Banquet Room in Fort Lauderdale. There I was, a freshman in college, and if I knew as much now as I thought I did then, you would be amazed. But there I was trying to soak in every word, and I can hear him. And I'm reminding you that those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. In a day of celebrity, when everybody seems to be enamored with the latest athlete or the latest entertainer, they seem to be the ones who are shining. But I want to remind you. It's those who follow the Lord Christ. It is those who have yielded his life to him. It is those whose minds are being renewed and thus you are a source of truth as you share it with others. Ultimately, it's those, it's you, who will shine like the stars. You may not make the headlines in the here and now, but you are known by your Father in heaven. My life is filled with people in the past who have been such wonderful examples to me as I look toward this week on the 7th of February and remember my own ordination 31 years ago again if I knew as much now as I thought I did then wow I think I know less but I can see those men standing there some of who have gone to be with the Lord Pastor Fred Murphy who preached my ordination service who had prayed with me to receive Christ when I was 7 years old and I had the privilege of Succeeding him in my first pastorate. In his dying days, he stuck a post it note on the bar across his hospital bed, the one that you use to pull yourself up on when you're so weak, as he suffered in the final stages of multiple myeloma. As I went by to see him, and I looked up at that post it note, and it said, God loves you. I said, Pastor Fred. Are you trying to remind yourself of the truth? And he said, oh, no. He said, I'm afraid one day it's going to be so that I can't talk and I still want to be able to bear witness to my Savior. I think about Bud Wissenhunt, my good friend who's gone home to be with the Lord, who pursued me when I was in high school to be in the church choir, just like he was back in Patton's Third Army, plunging to get to the village of Bastogne to rescue the 101st Airborne. That World War II veteran who made it his mission to get me in the choir, which was his way of getting me in church more, stood at my ordination service and he said, Pat, wherever the Lord takes you in ministry, don't ever forget where you came from. Those words have stayed with me. And because I saw the light of the gospel of Christ in them and in scores of others, I have been grateful. And you, my friends, may be that for the world as Christ shines in you, no matter how convincing the GPS may be, no matter how eloquent the talking heads may be on media, by bearing witness to the truth, ultimately it is you, not the celebrities, who will shine like the stars, being thankful for the light that God has given us. And so that our prayer may be that in his light we may see light because one day we will dwell with him in glory and there won't even be a shadow there. For the one who is the source of light is God himself. There will be no need for lights, the sun, the stars, because God himself who emanates glorious light and there is no shadow in heaven and sin will be no more. Oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Heavenly Father, grant to us, O God, as we come now to the table of your beloved Son, that we may come as those who are repenting of sin, turning away from wickedness and unrighteousness and darkness, that we may, in humility, in acknowledgement of our need of Christ and of his cleansing blood, may we come, gracious Father, with thanksgiving in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name.